Welcome to today's Peach Pit. Uh, my name is Jason Longshore. I'm one of the managing editors at Dirty South Soccer. Uh, please read us daily at DirtySouthSoccer.com. Uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at DirtySouthSoc. Uh, the Peach Pit's going to be a mostly daily podcast covering the latest in Atlanta soccer and beyond. You know, things in MLS, things with the U.S. national team but usually things that have some kind of connection back to Atlanta. And definitely expect these more frequently moving forward. Uh, it's going to be a busy month ahead uh, as Atlanta United prepares for the upcoming expansion draft and reentry draft and waiver draft and any other draft Atlanta uh, United will be participating in that MLS wants to put together. Uh, please follow our parent show, the Peachtree Post, on Twitter at Peachtree underscore post. And you can follow me on Twitter at Longshoe, L-O-N-G-S-H-O-E. Today's topic's been kicking around in my head since last weekend's MLS playoff games. And it's, you know, what's next for the LA Galaxy? They've been, you know, one of the standard bearers for Major League Soccer in its first 20 years. And I think they're, they're kind of hitting a crossroads. Uh, some of it is of their own making and some of it's out of their control. And... I just really want to see where they're going to go. Also, kind of looking at that MLS power structure, you know, it's the question is where will Atlanta United fit into it? This was something that uh, someone asked on last night's ATL soccer chat on Facebook, and I wanted to dig into that a little further. So when it comes to the Galaxy, you know, they have had a couple seasons below their standard and I think Bruce Arena would agree with that and where do they go now do they reload and really just keep along the same personality and character of the club uh, which has been generally the Hollywood club of Major League Soccer or do they kind of rework that and rebrand that and we'll have to see you know what's next if you're going to rebrand it and you're going to change your focus and change your approach, this would be the time to do it. You have a lot of major figures at the club who are out of contract or, or possibly out of contract. You know, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes with MLS as to contract lengths because they're not reported. But Bruce Arena is reportedly out of contract and he said that he will likely be back but hasn't committed to anything. Robbie Keane is expected to address his future in the coming weeks, uh, and he is also supposedly out of contract, along with Steven Gerrard. Um, Landon Donovan is another piece of this. Uh, he you know, was a surprise return late this season, and Bruce Arena said to the LA Daily News that he was 50-50 on if, if Donovan would be back. So, you know, I think if you saw Donovan play, especially towards the end of the season when he'd worked his way into the starting lineup, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he came back. Um, he seemed to have, you know, caught the bug again and and really, in a way, kind of you know, fallen in love with the sport again and fallen in love with his club again, which is good to see. You know, Donovan's one of the all-time greats of American soccer, and it was a shame the way he went out, just, you know, really, I think, still kind of brokenhearted about the way the 2014 World Cup transpired for him. And... You know, we'll see what uh what's next for him, but it wouldn't shock me a bit if he comes back. I think one of the things that could play into that decision is what's next for the Galaxy. You, know, you have these major figures, Arena, Keane, Gerard, who 
you know, their future is undecided. Um, you have, and that's two of your designated players. So, you know, where do they go? Um, they also have a lot of young talent lying in wait, and there's really nowhere for them to go with the first team. You have, you know, Emmanuel Boateng, who's already started to break through. You have, you know, young talent like Bradford Jamison the fourth, Ariel Lassiter, Jack McBean, who's on loan at Coventry City right now, Raul Mendiola, Oscar Sorto, Jose Villarreal. A ton of talent that really hasn't had an opportunity. The big thing that you have to look at in terms of where do the Galaxy go next is the specter of the Los Angeles Football Club looming over the horizon. You know, this is not your old school Chivas USA uh, second Los Angeles club that was always going to be the baby brother to the Galaxy. This is a new club coming in to really try to take over the city, and they've made no bones about it. Uh, according to the LA Daily News, they have about 10,000 season ticket deposits right now, and that is roughly the same number that the Galaxy have in season ticket holders. The Galaxy had a jump in season ticket holders this year. They were previously in the six to 7,000 uh, range, and you know, can that continue with a big-money competitor down the, in downtown Los Angeles with a brand-new stadium with all the bells and whistles and their huge ownership group? And a club that has not been shy in talking about signing big-name talent. Will this turn into a situation, you know, along the lines of a big-money club and maybe a club that doesn't want to spend as much? Because the Galaxy have been one of the big-money clubs in MLS. But does that continue... Does it turn into a, a spending war between LAFC and the Galaxy to recruit talent to Los Angeles? You know, does it turn into a situation, you know, kind of like what New York went through when NYCFC was coming into the league and the Red Bulls made a strategic decision to not continue to bring in the Thierry Henrys and uh Rafa Marquez and the big name, Tim Cahill, the big names like that, and go to more of a younger uh, roster and produce their own talent. The Galaxy could definitely follow that model if they chose. Uh, they have the infrastructure. They have the academy that is one of the top academies in Major League Soccer and in the country. They have a strong USL team. They were the first to do uh, a low-dose type of model, and it's been hugely beneficial. That young talent we talked about came through the system. So would they want to follow the model of the Red Bulls, who showed that you know, last year in 2015, the Red Bulls were the uh, smallest spending club in the league, whereas previously they had been among the highest in 2016, they ended up at 14th, um, according to the latest numbers from the Players Union. Do they want to go down that line and really rebrand who they are? Um, I'm sure this is a big question that the club's front office and ownership and leadership is discussing right now. Do they continue to you know, sign the big-name designated players and who's out there that they could get and who is you know, a fit? that they could get now ahead of LAFC's launch? And do they want to compete with LAFC for big-name talent down the line once LAFC launches? 
you know, one player who's been linked to the Galaxy uh, recently in an ESPN post was Latan Ibrahimovic. You know, he only has a one-year deal at Manchester United, and it hasn't gone very well. Would he come next summer uh, to the LA Galaxy? Do they want to go down that road is the biggest question. Or do they want to deepen their investment on the, on the academy side, on the player development side, on the USL side? Uh, you know, how are they going to compete with the new stadium LAFC will have? Uh, they have invested at the Step Up Center and made some improvements, I think, that will start to take effect next season. Um, you know, do they want to become kind of the people's club and market to the, the real Los Angeles as opposed to the Hollywood version? Um, do they want to become the Boca Juniors to LAFC's River Plate? It's, it's a tough decision because it would be a 180 for what the Galaxy have been for 20 years and what they, they really you know, paved the road for the designated players by, by the David Beckham signing. Do they want to make a 180 turn away from that and go to you know, not quite um, an FC Dallas model, but similar? Um, I think there's a lot to be learned from the decisions that the Red Bulls made when NYCFC came into the market. And the Red Bulls have been successful. Uh, you could even say more successful with this model than they were with the Thierry Henry's and Tim Cahill's and Rafa Marquez's. It's, it's not going to be easy either way. And we'll have to see where the Galaxy go. If it was me, I would probably look to what the Red Bulls did and, and try to emulate that. You can still spend... Um, in that type of model, but with the rich academy and the rich talent in Southern California that you have, I think you, you have a, a way that is right there for you. And you have this talent who, you know, has not had a chance. Jose Villarreal, you know, was one of the youngest or, you know, hot young talents, uh, in a, in the United States and he hasn't had a chance to develop. There's been a lot of hype about Bradford Jameis in the fourth. Um, Jack McBean is a player who just hasn't had room to play. There's been others. Um, you know, these aren't the only guys. So you have the talent. You've chosen to go in a different direction to bring in your, you know, Jelly Van Dimes, who was a great signing. Um, your Nigel DeJongs, which didn't work out as well. Uh, your Ashley Coles, which was a surprising signing that worked out fairly well this season. But you've chosen to go those routes instead of playing the young guys and taking your lumps. So, you know, with looking at what FC Dallas has done this year, with looking at what the Red Bulls did when they kind of changed their model, is that appealing to the LA Galaxy and their ownership? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, it might be tough for them to compete dollar for dollar with LAFC with the kind of gauntlet that LAFC has thrown down with what they want to be might be tough for the Galaxy to compete with that, and they might find more success not competing with that and being an alternative as opposed to second rate. Now, the second question, uh, where will Atlanta United fit into this power structure of MLS? It's definitely changed with every expansion team that's come in. And if you look at the, the spending on salaries for 2016, you have four teams that were not original MLS teams at in the top five in spending. And the Galaxy are the only one that was an original MLS team. 
Toronto and New York City FC and the Galaxy have kind of separated themselves from the pack. Uh, Toronto and NYC FC spend over $21 million a year on their salaries. The Galaxy are just over $18 million. And then you have Orlando and Seattle, which are 11 and, or over 11 and over 10, respectively. You know, where does Atlanta United fit? Where does Minnesota United fit? Um, I think Minnesota will be in that kind of middle class area, uh, six to seven million a year, where you have a lot of teams like your Portland's, your Kansas City's, uh, your Vancouver's, your San Jose's, Montreal's in there, even though I think they would not have a problem spending more. Colorado had a big jump this year to over $8 million a year, and a lot of that was down to Jermaine Jones and Tim Howard, those, those signings, more so Howard than Jones. Um, I think Minnesota you know, will, will spend, but not at the Orlando type of level. I think they'll be you know, a step below that. Where does Atlanta fit? I think Atlanta will probably fit somewhere in between L.A. and Orlando, between that $18 to $11 million. And the reason I think that is, you know, MLS is going to be structured very differently for Arthur Blank as opposed to the NFL. But if you look at how he has spent with the Falcons, he has not been afraid of spending money. They've been, you know, right on the cap number most seasons that he's been in ownership. The The difference is they haven't spent crazy money on on big names just for the sake of big names they haven't been like a dallas cowboys or maybe washington redskins would be another way to look at it where they're just signing the hot free agent to say they did uh the falcons have had no problem investing in talent that they've developed uh matt ryan julio jones uh a michael vick before that they rewarded these guys with contracts after they showed that they deserved it and i would expect that atlanta united could be the same uh especially with their investments on the academy side. However, with MLS having a different structure, I think, you know, Blank and, and Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra will, will have the opportunity to spend money on the right guys. And one guy that we've talked about for months is Andres Guardado. Andres Guardado would, would cost a pretty penny to bring him here. And it seems like the club has no problem in considering that. It's an interesting question because it's, it's hard to say until we get really through the next transfer window as to what Atlanta will look like. They also, their first designated player was a young designated player, uh, Hector Vishalba. And we've seen some numbers thrown around on him, but we're not sure where his salary will end up and, and what that looked like. I think Atlanta will will settle in. You know, it will be hard for Atlanta United to compete with the LAFCs, the NYCFCs, um, some of the clubs like that Toronto right now that are spending big money. I think it might be a little bit harder for Atlanta to compete there. Uh, Atlanta is not as well known internationally as a New York or LA for sure, and maybe even a Toronto. But I think Atlanta is still going to be an appealing destination. I think it will be an appealing destination for South American players, especially with Tata Martino here. And they won't have a problem spending the money to bring in that talent. So remains to be seen where it goes, but that's kind of where I'm thinking. I think Atlanta's payroll next year could end up being in the, you know, maybe 12 to $14 million range. 
if, uh, especially if a Guardado comes on board or somebody along those lines. So we'll see what's next. We'll see what's next for the Galaxy and Atlanta United as the power structure of MLS continues to change each year, especially with the new expansion teams. It's it's changed dramatically in the last five years, I would say, and I think the next five years we'll see an even bigger shift. So with that, this is the Peach Pit, and I'll be back um, with another one of these, possibly tomorrow, some news breaks. Might look at the U.S. national team. It's a game against Mexico tomorrow night. And we'll also have the Peachtree Post uh, tomorrow morning for you with my co-host, Jarrett Smith. So be on the lookout for that, and thanks for listening.